pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 273. Today I'm going to chat with Adam Burt from JP Enterprises, discuss attorney generals confronting UPS and FedEx on their new firearms shipping policies, highlight a new pistol from Noreen Firearms, and talk about some epic trolling Elon Musk did this week. I am your host, Ava Flanell. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So it's actually Friday that we're recording this, even though it'll come out Monday. But I have to say, I've had one hell of a week. Yesterday, I went to go use my hose outside. And I'm like, that's really weird. There's not that much water pressure. I took a video, sent it to my friend. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like messing around with it for probably at least 45 minutes. And eventually I like email the warranty, you know, because I just bought my house brand new. And so email them, which this lady takes forever to get back to me. But I kind of feel like an idiot now because it turns out last night I was like, all right, you know what? Normally I hate the holidays and I hate Christmas especially, but figured I'd put up a Christmas tree. So go down to my basement to get my Christmas tree. All that water that wasn't coming out of the spigot went into my house. Oh, no. Yeah. So I've been drinking a lot of vodka since. (laughs) Yeah. You're having a good week then. (laughs) Oh, and then then I bought a lottery ticket because I'm like, well, it can only go up from here, right? But no, I didn't even win. I'm surprised. I mean- I'm surprised I didn't owe them money, honestly, with the way my luck's been going. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I but... can empathize with you. I had an accident this week, my first in like 25 years. Really? Uh, some, yeah, some jerk in a truck uh, cut through two lanes of traffic. Uh, and it, it was, you know, during like a kind of a mini blizzard. Up, I'm up in Minnesota. Uh, but a guy pretty much ran me off the road and into a guardrail, which... Uh, oh, my gosh. Did some, just a little bit of damage. The car's still drivable, but... Uh, yeah, just kind of minding my business, you know, drinking my coffee on the way to work and bam, hit a guardrail. Wow. So I, yeah, can, I can relate and empathize with the misery. I know. That's so true. And really, at the end of the day, I do have to tell myself, like, nobody was hurt. All of this stuff is fixable. And it's really not worth stressing about. Like, I think a lot of times we tend to stress, you know, and it's stress never does any. I mean, easier said than done. But like stress doesn't really do us any good. Like sometimes all you have to do is just laugh about it. And it's just like, it is what it is. It does suck. It is going to cost money. But, you know, again, no one was hurt and everything is replaceable. This is true. Yeah. That's the right outlook. I know. Well, it's the only thing that keeps my sanity. (laughs) That and like I said, vodka. Vodka works. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the show, I'm going to talk about Smith & Wesson. I don't know if you had a chance to see, but they just released their M&P 2.0 competitor this week. It uses the metal frame pistol that they released a few weeks back, but this one is competition ready. It's made for, you know, competitions where I would say just like a really fun day at the range. It has a five inch barrel, nice long sight radius, milder recoil, because again, it's a much longer barrel. This year has been enhanced for a lighter, crisper let off and, uh, flared magwell to help make reloads faster. It has aggressive lightning cuts to reduce the weight in specific spots to improve recoil balance point. It also comes optic ready. It doesn't include the optic. It includes a fiber optic front sight and blackout rear sights though. 
the mag release, it's oversized and it is reversible. It has the same texture, like front strap and interchangeable palm swells as the regular 2.0 metal that you would see. Um, it does come in the tungsten gray Cerakote finish, or I believe black as well, if you're not into that tungsten gray, but I think it looks really nice. It's almost like a, a shimmery gray. It looks really pretty. And then it does come with two 17 round mags or 10 round. And initially, so they sent me this gun, I don't know, like a week and a half ago. And when I pulled it out of the box and like, you know, I see everything that, or actually no, maybe it comes with three mags. Don't quote me on how many mags it comes with, but I pulled it out of the box and I was like, wow. And it comes in a really nice case too. Cause normally it comes in like your, you know, that typical like cardboard Smith and Wesson case, but this has a really nice case. And I was thinking, I'm like, they never tell us what MSRP is. And I'm like, this has to be at least $1,300, but it's actually MSRP is $999, which is pretty good. Nice. Especially because the original 2.0 metal, I think that MSRP is $899. So it's like, why wouldn't you just splurge $100 more and then get all the extra additions? And, you know, I mean, it's a pretty nice gun. Look out for my review. I haven't had a chance to do a review on it yet, but I will be posting it soon. I'm actually going out of town on Monday to fly to Florida to meet up with Smith & Wesson and uh, Gemtech, where they're doing like an event there. I'll be in Florida for that week, but I look forward to coming back and letting you guys all know how it went and if there's any new launches and stuff like that. But in the meantime, if you want to check out the new competitor, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So Adam, really excited to have you on. I've actually been a fan of JP Rifle or JP Enterprises. Which which is it? What is it? Is it Enterprises? Well, I guess it's either. So our, our technical business name is JP Enterprises, Inc. However, many or maybe most know us, you know, just as JP Rifles. And, and in fact, that's our website address is jprifles.com. Okay, perfect. So it's either. It's basically synonymous kind of. I've been a fan of your stuff for quite a few years. I remember, actually, it was just, it was like maybe three years ago, and I was at a federal event, and some of the other ambassadors, federal ambassadors, they had your handguards, and actually, I think they had your complete rifles, but it was the handguards that stuck out, and I was like, oh, that's different, and then also the muzzle device, and I guess I didn't really, I I, I asked them, like, who makes it? And they told me, but then I kind of forgot. And then I recently saw you at Turricon, went over by your table, and I was like, wait a minute, I recognize this stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, so figured I'd have you on the show to discuss all this stuff because you do make some really nice stuff. And I've had a chance to try it out, and it does make the gun shoot really well, especially in the muzzle device and all of that. But before we get into JP Rifles, I just wanted to maybe talk about a little bit about your background, like what got you into the industry and like led you up to this point. Sure. Well, I I guess I would describe myself as a lifelong gun guy. Uh, my grandfather was a gun collector and, you know, collected old like lever guns and, um, you know, Colt six, uh, six shooters and, and things like that and sort of passed that down to me. And in the late 90s, I cut my teeth at a, a gun shop in Minnesota that specialized in custom 1911s and, and started shooting a little bit there. And then Early 2000s, I went in the Marine Corps for a few years, and then you know I did a business path for a decade, decade and a half, something like that. And then in 2012, 
uh, I had an opportunity to jump into the gun industry um, at a company called Blue Book Publications. We do the uh, Blue Book of Gun Values. That's our flagship product. Hmm. So I was there, and in fact, I was the junior owner and president for a while. And the uh, the opportunity presented itself a while back to jump in on the leadership role at JP Enterprises, and and here I am. Uh, matter of fact, before I was at JP, I was a uh, compete with long range rifles and, and you know since I was in the industry kinda of had access to just about anything that I wanted to shoot. Wow. That's and really I cool. shot JP because it's it's the best. I didn't know the owner at that time. But I'm like, you know, they they've got such a reputation for not just quality but performance and precision and that sort of spoke to me. I'm of the mindset that a uh, you know piece of gear should really never be the limiting factor in your own personal performance. Mm-hmm. Sort of an ethos that uh my boss, now the founder of JP, really lives by is, you know, gear should never limit your performance. If if that's the case, well, you need to take a hard look at your, your piece of gear. And rifle parts are no exception. And yeah, yeah to, to make a long story short, I've been in the industry for just over 10 years now. Wow. And uh, yeah, at JP for just about six. Okay, cool. And would you say that JP caters more to the competition shooter? Um. Yeah, I mean, we we have our uh, footings in the competition market, and that's really how we got started. You know, some 30 years ago is catering to competitors, making uh, individual components that enhance the performance of their rifles. But you know, in the last oh five or more years, we've really been um, diversifying. You know, we're still obviously retaining our heritage and and making you know performance based or competition based parts and rifles but we're really focused on the duty side you know the, the more the hard use side of the house mm-hmm. and we've got a line of rifles and, and products now that uh, serve that market as well and actually we're, we're having some great success especially with the law enforcement market too but i think historically yeah i would say we're known for the uh, the competition side of the commercial market okay yeah. let's talk about jp rifles when did that company start Early 90s. We've been around for just over uh, 30, 31 years now. Wow. Dang, that's yeah. crazy. We, we got our start. Yeah, we've been around for a while. So we got our start um, making triggers and the quintessential uh, tank break or the recoil eliminator. That that may be what uh, you had seen on uh, the federal sponsor shooter's uh, rifle. That's a, it's a very distinctive muzzle break. It's actually the most effective muzzle break uh, still in the market today. Uh, it's very is big. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. So then that's what it was. Cause it was like big, it stood out and it just kind of yep. made you take a double look at the gun. Like, wait, what is that? Cause it doesn't look like your typical, yes. you know, muzzle device. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. Nice. And so what are some of the other parts that JP enterprises makes? You know, I think we're known for, well, several things are our, our biggest product line, believe it or not, is the silent captured spring. And I had a few of those at TriggerCon. You may have uh, seen those on their table. But that's that's one of our, our flagship products. It's basically a, a system that replaces the legacy-style uh, spring and buffer system in, uh-huh. in the back of an AR. It's now a uh, you know a captured, fully captured unit that's fully adjustable. It eliminates that cheese grater kind of grindy <laughs> noise when you charge the rifle. Uh, it gets rid of that. As a byproduct of that, uh, it's both silent and it smooths out the recoil impulse. So it, it's going to have perceived, uh, m- you know, much less recoil. And then, of course, you can adjust the buffering mass and the springs as well. So it's a really slick system. And, and what is that called? And, I'm on the website. I'm just going to look it up real quick. 
Yeah, silent captured spring. And if you're on our website, it's under uh, the buffer. So if you have rifle parts, buffer uh, it's under buffer springs. Okay. Yeah. I just want to get an idea of, of what it looks like. Yeah. Lately, that's that's how probably everybody knows us or a lot of people know us. But, you know, before that, and it's it's not very well known, but we, we've always been a company that focuses on innovation. We just don't want to have a, a Me Too product that we're coming to market with. Like it's a, you know, a concept company that focuses on bringing something new, better, in a, in a better way or, a, you know, better method to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So we invented the adjustable gas block along with the low mass uh, carrier system. Now, you know, now those are all uh, very, very abundant and coming on the marketplace. But we were first to market with those. Um, you know, we've got a thermal dissipator, so kind of like, kind of like a heat sink that goes on the barrel uh, of our, our rifles to draw away that heat from the critical areas of the barrel. Mm. So we've got some very innovative things, um, and, and we spare no expense in, in the quality of our products as well. So that, that's really what we're known for is that innovation and the quality of our products. Yeah, I'm looking at the thermal dissipator right now, and that's really innovative and definitely kind of a, a problem that exists that needed to be solved. But this is the first time that yeah. I'm seeing something like that because nothing's worse than like, you know, and this happened to me, like if you're doing a class or you're shooting on the mm-hmm. range all day and even if you're not shooting suppressed, I mean, that handguard is going to get pretty hot where if you're not wearing mm-hmm. gloves, it's like, oh. I mean, I've been burnt before and (laughs) I can definitely see how, you know, and then on top of that, if you're in, in, when I was, I was, it was like 90 degrees out. So not only do you have it, it's like hot outside and then there's a bunch of heat through your barrel because you're shooting it excessively and it's just, it's kind of miserable to shoot. For sure. Yeah. The precision market and, uh, you know, three gun competitors really believe in that product because of uh, thermal drift and, and, you know, you, you get what's called heat soak. So your, your barrel gets so hot that it changes the ballistics, the internal mm. ballistics of your round yeah. and will lead to uh, point of impact shifting, you know, when the barrel gets hot. Whereas, you know, with the thermal dissipator, just like a heat sink in a computer, it draws away that heat um, and, and cools that barrel down so you... Uh, eliminate or minimize the thermal drift of the rounds. So, you know, like in a long string of fire, the 20th round is going to impact in the same uh, place as the first round, which is really, really important in competition, really in anything. And then the second benefit is it prolongs the barrel life because the barrel is going to be cooler. It's not going to get as hot. Yeah, that's a really good point. Overall, plus it looks cool, Yeah, which is always nice. Yeah, it it comes in like a variety of different colors. It does. Yep. Nice. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. Right now, they have a ton of stuff on sale leading up to the holidays. Great time to start that holiday shopping if you haven't, which I have not. I'll probably wait till the last minute, actually, because I'm always like, I don't want to participate in the holidays. It's so dumb. And then I wait till the last minute. I'm like, oh, no, I got to get all these gifts. And that's what I do every year. That's the worst. But definitely check out Primary Arms. They have, like I said, amazing deals, including optics, like their popular SLX MD by 25 micro dot, which has a great field of view in a compact package. It's only $119. The SLX uh, 2.5 prism scope with the ACSS. CQB is only 159, which is again almost 40% off. The SLX 4 to 14 by 44 FFP scope, 
with the ACSS R grid is only $199. Again, that's another 40% off. So, I mean, just they're killing it with all these deals. Highly recommend it. And then, of course, if you decide to buy the GLX 1 to 6 by 24 FFP optic, you'll get a free one piece scope mount if you use the code AVA, and that's A V A. And that is at primaryarms.com. Let's talk about the rifles that you guys offer, which is like such a large variety. I'm just kind of looking. I'm like, all right, what do I pick? And even special edition, you have like a 511 ABR. You have large frames, yeah. small frames. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I can, I'll, I'll break it down for you. So we, I think of our uh, rifle ecosystem in three different buckets, so to speak. So we've, we've got the uh, the PCC or the pistol caliber carbine, which is a nine millimeter mm-hmm. uh, carbine, comes in both rifle and pistol form. So that's one um, category. The other category is the large frame. Uh, so that's 308 base cartridges, 308, 6.5, and 6 Creedmoor mm-hmm. uh, to per- fulfill sort of that precision uh, mm-hmm. side of the market. And the, um, the small frame, so 223 based uh, calibers, you know, like Rendell, that sort of thing. As, as a, 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 I guess, an asterisk uh, in the thing as well, we've got a bolt rifle. We, we don't have it on our website right now. We've had some supply chain issues, uh, but we're, I think, and I hope, uh, going to come back out with a, a full on uh, bolt rifle. It's going to be in our, what's called the eight pack chassis. Oh, nice. So technically, a, a fourth product category as well. Um, but those are, you know, the, the high-level rough-cut uh, product categories we've got. And to your point, we've got a variety of different models from duty, you know, more more base-level uh, patrol rifle carbine mm-hmm. models all the way up to you know, the really high-end precision rifles that, that just so happen to be semi-automatic, you know, AR-10-based. So really a, a high-end rifle to fit any niche. And even our... Uh, base rifles i would argue are head and shoulders above quality and performance wise above anything else and they start you know fifteen sixteen hundred dollars for the small frame sized rifle Hmm. and then the essential rifles would that be close to more of the basic like the base model correct yep okay exactly yep yep so sort of a, a no frills you know um by our standards, bare bones, so it doesn't have any of the, you know, the, the super high-end finishes. It doesn't have the thermal dissipator. It's got a, you know, the non-hand-fit uh, attachment method for the muzzle device. So just a way for us to offer JP quality, but at a price point that isn't going to completely break the bank. Mm-hmm. And then if someone wanted to do competition, what rifle would you recommend? Uh, you know, I guess it depends what, what competition category they're going after. And we find that most competitors are very, very um, picky. They, you know, if they're going to um, select a JP rifle, it's probably going to be custom configured. Mm-hmm. And we've got an apparatus on our website specifically to allow that competitor to custom spec out their rifle. It's called a rifle builder. And you can pick your, you know, the, the type of rifle. So if you want, say, um, PCC. Uh, so we've got you know two different models of PCC: the GMR15, which is a blowback nine millimeter, and we've also got a, a brand new one, the uh, JP5, which borrows the MP5 operating system. It's a roller, roller delayed uh, system to offer substantially less recoil. Hmm. So you, you can go on and, and select. Okay, this is the model I want to start with. 
And then you can select your you know receiver type, custom finishes, the charging handle, the safety location and size, the trigger, uh, barrel length and configuration and contour, all of that. I mean, it's really, it's very bespoke. You can have it your way and, um, and we'll build it. And we've got some just amazing gunsmiths here that uh, put together some rifles. Tell me about the JP5. So that's our newest PCC. And, okay. And we have, I mean, I, I don't know of another way to say this, but we have really dominated the PCC competition market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any, you look at any factory rifle, it's going to be, you know, a JP rifle. Most likely that's going to be uh, top five, top 10 winner circle. Uh, we just really, you know, have have parts and rifles that cater to that market, and for years we we've really dominated with the uh, GMR15, which is a blowback nine millimeter, and and most of the market really offers uh, you know blowback style nine millimeters, and we wanted to to elevate the the performance of that uh, pistol caliber carbine, and, and one of the ways that we uh, evaluated was to offer a, a delayed locking system, so. Mm-hmm. Like to keep the uh, bolt closed just a little bit longer to uh, you know allow us to reduce the reciprocating mass in the operating system, uh, which really sheds recoil. And, and we in our in our testing, and this is like years in the making. We, we evaluated a number of different uh, styles and methods to uh, reduce recoil and increase the performance. And we just kind of came back to the MP5 style. You know, it's got a fluted chamber for reliability. It's got a, a well, you know, proven uh, roller delayed method of of locking that breech face, you know, a little longer, and it, we really just uh, borrowed that design and incorporated it into, uh, you know, the AR style uh, platform with the AR ergonomics that the market loves and the AR triggers and a lot of the uh, actually all the controls are are identical. So we've really married the best of both worlds, you know, the reliability and the performance and the reduced recoil of the MP5 into uh, the AR world. So that's in, in a nutshell, that's the JP five. Nice. Is, uh, that, and it just launched, well, technically it launched a little over a year ago, but we just started shipping, uh, about six months ago. We had some production delays. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still in full swing production and, and, and taking orders and we've got a, a bit of a backlog, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really well received by the market, which is really grat- gratifying to hear customer mm-hmm. uh, feedback, you know, that's, it's, Truly, a uh, uh, huge step forward in performance compared to a blowback nine millimeter. Believe it or not, uh, a blowback nine millimeter has more recoil than a two twenty three, just because oh, of the I've, style of the operating system. Yeah, so I've actually heard that because, and it makes sense because there's sometimes where I watch videos of myself, not like you know, like I'll record a video and then I go to post it and I'm watching myself shoot it and I'm just like, what am I stupid? Like, why do I look like I'm struggling with the recoil in a nine millimeter? And then I shoot a rifle and it's just like totally fine. But yeah, I, and, I've, funny. and I've heard that before and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well that that's probably why I'm not imagining it because you think like nine millimeter handgun and you can, you know, handle that recoil any day. But then here you have a PCC that's you know, you're shouldering that you have a little bit more control over. And yet it's kind of, it definitely has, you know, you could see the recoil. Yep. No, you're spot on. You're mm-hmm. spot on. The, the, the blowback, you know, blowback firearm, but it's very nature uses mass to keep the, uh, keep the bolt home. And, you know, once the, the barrel releases the bullet, you know, then the, 
actually will drive rearward. But yeah, it uses mass basically to keep the uh, breech closed, whereas like an AR will mm-hmm. use a rotating bolt and, and a gas-operated system. Interesting. You know, much a little, much different, but it uh, allows for much uh, lower reciprocating mass, which translates into lower recoil. Plus, you know, you can get uh, muzzle devices and muzzle brakes on a 223 that actually perform very, very well in mm-hmm. reducing recoil. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's like, people always ask like, well, what can I do to reduce the recoil? And I'm always like the muzzle brake. Yep. It's, I mean, kind of key, I think, one of the yeah. key items. But And then I'm just looking, so I clicked on like order now, and it looks like, the JP5 guns range anywhere from like roughly 3200 to, you know, $3,349. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Mantis. Well, I don't know if you've had a chance to try out their Blackbeard X. It's their newest iteration of the Blackbeard. And this incorporates the ability... so. You probably have done a lot of dry firing drills, obviously, being in the competition world. But as a result, like when you're dry firing ARs, it's kind of a not the easiest because you have to keep like, you know, pulling that charging handle back, resetting the trigger. And it's, if anything, I think it would just build weird muscle memory. Mantis created this system where it's a magazine and it's everything's red. So you're not going to confuse it for like, you know, the real thing. But you take out the charging handle and the bolt carrier group and replace it with something that is shaped like the bolt carrier group and the charging handle together. And then you insert a magazine, which is the battery pack, and you're able to dry fire this because it automatically resets the trigger without you having to pull that charging handle back. But then they also incorporated the X10 into the system. So not only can you now practice dry firing, but it'll also give you feedback and show you the movement before, during, and after you take that shot. And I think even when I tried it, I was pretty surprised because I was like, wow, there's a lot of unnecessary movement, especially when seconds count, whether you're doing competition or, you know, even in a self-defense situation, you should train yourself to work efficiently. It's a really great system. Price varies depending on the, the kind of laser, anywhere from 299 to 349 which seems a little high, but you know, with the cost of ammo these days, that's just a few trips to the range and this will last forever. And if you have any issues, they have a great, you know, warranty, but I would check it out at mantisx.com and definitely get one. Can I make a comment on that? Yeah. I had no idea they offered it for a rifle. Yeah. I've used it extensively. Matter of fact, uh, earlier this year, I went to the Rogers Pistol School to take a five-day advanced course and use their, I don't know the model, uh, but they've got a model that clips on the Picatinny rail on a pistol. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to quantify my training to, you know, because they, they spit out a graph essentially. Yeah. So you can see, like you said, the movement. And it basically allows you to quantify your performance increase in, in a very math, you know, kind of a, scientific manner. Mm-hmm. So the more you dry fire, the more you practice, you can see the graph shrinking, which yeah. is what you want to see because that equates to performance on the range. And I tell you what, their pistol um, thing, uh, whatever model it is, the, really helped me. Yeah, it was probably... Course. So I'm glad to see that they're doing the rifle stuff now. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, and any instructor, anybody will tell you, you know, dry fire constantly. And I'm sure competitive shooters, I mean, I know that they... In the winter, especially when they can't make it to the range to practice, they're dry firing inside their house. 
And so this is just like a great device to just really hone in on your skills. And you could just do it in the comfort of your home. They definitely, you know, I highly recommend it. And it's already like improved my shooting quite a bit as a result. And I haven't even had the time to use it that much, admittedly. But just in the short period of time that I've used it, it's definitely improved. So you guys definitely will see results. Let's talk about the APAC. Did I pronounce that right? You did. The yeah. APAC. Okay. <laughs> nice and work. it's, and it's, I'm like, is it the APAC? You never know nowadays, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's a chassis system that you guys created. And what guns is that compatible with? Sure. Yep. So uh, it's compatible with really any Remington 700 footprint rifle. So mm-hmm. you buy your, your barreled action or you get it spun up um, with a gunsmith and you can drop it right into our chassis. And it's fully adjustable. It's ambidextrous. That's the A. And the APAC is ambidextrous. So, you, get, you know, if you're lefty or shoot wrong-handed, you can switch the uh, bolt handle and the folder, or rather the hinge, over to you know, to the left side, and mm-hmm. away you go. But yeah, it's it's really uh, so. We we spend a lot of time on on this product, and one of the things I'm most proud of is the overall fit and finish, and the way the folder and the adjustment mechanisms for the comb height and the length of pull lock up. It, it's ultra rigid. There's just no rattle or wiggle and, and one of our you know as we did a, a market analysis that was one of the weak links that we saw is uh, you know just the rattle mm-hmm. on on these other uh, chassis um, where they flex they move and shift a little bit just you know in a little bit is enough to cause a point of impact shift at distance when mm-hmm. you're shooting on range rifle and, and the idea behind this was to to offer a fully you know fully adjustable really ergonomic chassis in a very elegantly machined and finished platform. Got a full-length Arca rail, uh, uses our handguard, rapid configuration handguard is what we call it. We've got a a line of really well thought out and fleshed out uh, accessories that uh, will bolt on there, including weights. Mm -hmm. You can adjust the balance and and you can add a Picatinny rail, you know, here and there, wherever you need it. Uh, but it's really shootable is I guess the the best way I can describe it is it, it takes a uh, a rifle that's pretty proven uh, yeah 700 style action with the AICS magazines and then just puts it in a package that's really just well executed you mm-hmm. know it's, it's up to our fit and finish standards and it looks good and uh, yeah it's it's uh, kind of a hit with the market we, I'm looking uh, at it right now and it's, them and it's beautiful. Thank you. If that's, I mean, the, without getting my hands on it, but I mean, just the pictures online, I'm like, wow, this is a beautiful gun. And I yeah. do love that handguard. So what, what model is that? The handguard that you guys, cause we, that's, that's we how call I, it the rapid configuration. Handguard. Oh, okay. We've got them for AR 10s and 15s, which will fit the you know PCC stuff as well. And we've got them very variety of different lengths and you can even get them uh Cerakoted if you like. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's actually just, it looks very like well-made and just i'd say like a work of art oh thank you yeah yeah it's a knurled finish on the outside so you know you'll find as you look at our products like we we go we take that extra step mm-hmm. and that's you know what the market or what, what our customer expects of us as we you know apply a unique finish on it um added texture all the holes are threaded you know the attachment method to install your accessories. It's like, it's really well thought out, well executed. Hmm. And then tell me about the semi monolithic upper. So what does that even mean? 
<laughs> it's a kind of a, a term the market has coined to denote a, a you know, like a, a fixed piece of billet for the upper receiver into the handguard. Mm. And the aside from the fancy term, it really just means it's ultra rigid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with ours, we, we've got a few semi-monolithic upper receivers, uh, both large frame. We're coming out with a small frame, or actually we have a small frame uh, currently in, in a side charge model called our SCI-20. I think it's SCI-20. And we're, we've got them in the large frame as well. But basically, it, it combines or eliminates the the weak link in, in these systems, which is the threaded portion of the upper receiver that mm-hmm. accepts the barrel. And by going to a semi-monolithic uh, where you basically integrate the handguard nut, mm-hmm. it, it offers you know just a beefed up area on the section where the barrel goes into. Mm-hmm. Tough to explain conceptually, but it's much, much, much more rigid. It actually mimics the rigidity of a bolt-action rifle where you get that threaded interface, whereas you know ours are you know it's a big hunk of metal, <laughs> and then we we deliberately undersize them. Uh, uh, for what's called a thermal fit uh, process. So it's a kind of an interference fit. So you actually have to heat up the receiver to expand it, uh, put it on the barrel, and then the, the receiver will then shrink and have an interference fit to the barrel. So it's a attachment method that mimics the rigidity of a bolt-action rifle. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Okay. And then the last question about your product. So variable mass operating system. Tell me about that. Yeah. So it is essentially, so this is a a bolt carrier group that we offered uh, that helps with reliability for suppressed use because you get a a whole bunch of gunk and crud that flies in your action uh, whenever you shoot suppressed. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of the nature of uh, suppressed. And this is our way of adding reliability by way of incorporating a dynamic mass on the tailstock of the carrier. So it essentially doubles the dead blow hammer effect. And if you're familiar with that, it, it quells the uh, bolt bounce and just adds more punch, quote unquote, to help the operating system chug through the crud of running suppressed. Gotcha. And it's adjustable too, much like our silent capture spring. You can adjust the amount of mass um, on the tailstock of the carrier. But yeah, it, in short, it increases the reliability of the operating system. Okay, cool. Are you guys going to be at Shot Show? We will. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Forget our booth number. I want to say it's like um, it's it's a brand new booth for us. It's a ten by forty. Yeah, I should have the. Uh, I'll, I'll email it to you after the show. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I'll definitely come by and say hi. Last question is, do you have any future plans that you can share with us? Ooh, we've always got stuff that we're working on in our skunk works department. Nothing that I can really unveil, but I, I will note that we've got more. You mentioned the monolithic upper receivers, and we've got another one coming out for the small frame, for the 223 sized. And we've got uh, one that just released on our website in the the large frame. So we've now got a side charge only. And our newest one is a top charge only 308 sized upper receiver. And you can look at those on our rifle builder on our website. But yeah, stay tuned for more. Nice. And just remind people once again, what is the website? And then if they want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yep. JPRifles.com is our website and on Facebook. And I believe both Instagram, we can be found by just typing in JP Rifles and we should come up. All right, cool. All right, moving on with the rest of the show today in politics. 
politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Attorney generals call out FedEx and UPS. And I'm not sure if you're aware of what's going on with FedEx and UPS, but they're really cracking down on what they're allowing people or manufacturers, FFLs to ship which is, I mean, pretty unconstitutional. So Montana State Attorney General Austin Knutson and 17 other state attorney generals sent a letter to shipping companies, UPS and FedEx, requesting they clarify new policies the companies have instituted regarding firearms. I've already talked about this before, the outrageous changes that UPS has been making in order to ship firearms before. And it's good to see some action from lawmakers on this overreach by the shipping giants, because at this point, you know, Eventually, it's like we're pretty much being, you know, cornered because there's only so many shipping companies out there. The requirements that they've instituted, it requires them to separately track firearms, firearms parts, and firearm-related products so that gun purchases can be tracked. They require that databases be maintained about those shipments and make them available to the companies upon request. Knudsen and the other generals have asked, among other things, if their effort has been coordinated in part with the ATF. The letter states these demands, in tandem, allow UPS FedEx to create a database of American gun purchases and determine exactly what items they purchased. In doing so, perhaps inadvertently, give federal agencies a workaround to normal warrant requirements. This allows UPS and FedEx to provide information at will or upon request to federal agencies, information detailing which Americans are buying what guns. Additionally, we recommend that you consider taking actions to limit potential liability moving forward, including the immediate cessation of any existing warrantless information sharing with federal agencies about gun shipments. The questions that they asked include, did UPS FedEx enact these policies with the goal of information sharing with the ATF or any other federal agency? Did UPS FedEx enact these policies at the request of officials in ATF, a different federal agency, or on its own initiative? If UPS FedEx implemented these policies at the request of a federal agency, please identify that agency, the officials who made that request, the nature of that communication, and any legal authorization cited by these officials. If UPS FedEx changed its policies on its own initiative, please explain why it made those changes. Did UPS FedEx communicate or coordinate with each other in making these changes? And did ATF or other federal agency employees help draft the updated shipping agreements? Based on the pressure that we know was applied from you know Democratic lawmakers in getting these new rules instituted, it's highly likely that ATF had a hand in these rules or at least were drafted to provide a funnel of information that bypasses legal requirements to investigate law commerce. Hopefully we'll see a response to the letters and legal action from these states to combat this overreach because it definitely is overreach. And like I said before, I had a lot of people, a lot of manufacturers and companies come to me asking me like, okay, so the fact that all these shipping companies are doing this, what can we do as a result? Or are there any other companies that we could support? And unfortunately, it's kind of become sort of a monopoly. I can't really think of any other alternatives. So hopefully this gets resolved because I could see how it would, you know, become a pretty big issue for a lot of companies in the future and potentially put some companies out of business as well. Franklin Armory.
they make a binary trigger for the 22 for Ruger 1022. Okay, but stick with me here. So recently, Manicore Arms, they posted a sale last week for the holidays and they make a chassis for the Ruger 1022 that makes it look like a Barrett 50 cal. And I'm just like, what? I didn't even know that they made this. And all I kept thinking was like, man, this would be so awesome to put their chassis on a Ruger 1022 and then put a Franklin Armory binary trigger in it. And like, that would be just amazing. And I think that, that this is, is what I'm going to cool. do. I know. And is, and is that a, like, it, does it mimic the full size of like the big Barrett or is it shrunken down? It's shrunken down a little bit, but it looks identical. Oh, it yeah. It looks identical. I'll have to send you the picture. Oh, that is cool. And, yeah. and I touched base with Sven. He said he'd give me a discount on it. So I'm just like, Hmm, do I want to do it? Cause I do think that that would be freaking awesome. And I mean, why wouldn't you? I know that's what I'm kind of thinking. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what I'm going to do. So if you guys have the same idea that I do, definitely, you know, check out manicorearms.com uh, for their chassis, but also, you know, Franklin Armory, even if you don't get the chassis and you just have a Ruger 1022, like why wouldn't you want to, you know, make it more fun. And the best part about any of these binary triggers is you're not stuck just shooting in binary mode. You have the option to switch it to the semi-auto mode, and then you're just shooting like normal, just in regular semi-automatic mode one press of the trigger, you know, one round shoots out as opposed to binary where you press the trigger, it shoots around. And then as you release the trigger, it shoots another round, which in my opinion is so much fun. If you want to check them out, head on over to franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA. That's A-V-A, all one word, obviously. And it's going to get you 10% off. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is how was your women's seminar this week? It looked like a great event for educating women on firearms. This was my first seminar that I've put on, and there's definitely going to be another one in January because I think, you know, December could be a little hectic with the holidays and stuff. So I'm going to start back up in January, but 20 people signed up. Of course, 14 showed up. There were six people that didn't show up. I initially wasn't charging for this. It was just a free event. Wine and food was provided. And it was just a great way to get like-minded females in the room and educate them. And last week, the topic was tips and tricks for using and concealing a gun. So things that like I wish somebody would have told me like 10 years ago when I started out, like just even teaching me about speed loaders and, you know, iPro. It took me so long to even find iPro that actually like felt comfortable and looked good. And I just figured I'd share those, you know, with women and save them the time and energy from using trial and error. But it was, uh, it was really successful. I do think that moving forward, I am going to charge just maybe $15 so that there's some sort of accountability so that people will be more likely to show up if they sign up. But I did get a few companies on board that want to sponsor it. And I just think it's like a really great way to empower women, which I love doing. And I think that, you know, I think women should just stick together and empower each other. And it was just, I don't know, it was a really good feeling. I felt good after the event. So I'm really looking forward to the next one. I would say if you guys are in Colorado Springs, definitely sign up. You could do so at EliteFiremsAndTraining.com. And I believe it's not written in stone yet, but I believe I'm going to have the next one on January 11th at like 5:30. IWI.
you have any IWI products, Adam? No, I don't. I've I've shot their um, what do they call their bullpup? The Tavor. The Tavor, yeah, I love it. But no, I, I officially don't have any of their uh, their products. But I love the company. Yeah, they make some really cool stuff. I actually just got the Tavor SBR not too long ago, and I was really surprised by how well it shot and the little amount of recoil that it had because of the way that it's just made. But they also have the Uzi Pro, which I'm a huge fan of, and I have that as well. And it's just like you know, it has the iconic Uzi design, but it has a lot of modern upgrades, like the charging handles on the left side so that you can mount an optic on the top rail. There's an accessory rail and more modern mag release on the side of the grip instead of the button that's, you know, the new Uzi Pros all have threaded barrels as well. So they're perfect if you want to suppress them, which I put a silencer co-can on mine. And then you can get them with or without a brace from SB Tactical. And then there's also some options out there if you want to add some you know, different parts and upgrade them or take them off. So lots of different options. But if you want to find out more about that, head on over to IWI.us. And if you find any accessories in their web store, remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off your entire purchase. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today in Tacti Talk, Noreen Firearms just released the ULR, which I don't know what it stands for, if it does stand for anything, but get this, it's chambered in 50 BMG. So at first I was like, what, did I read that right? It's like literally the massive 50 BMG. It's not like the, uh, what gun am I thinking that's chambered in 50 cal, the 50... Uh, Desert Eagle. Yes. The Action Express. Yeah. It's yeah. not that. It is literally the 50 BMG that you would shoot like out of a Barrett. I believe this is the first commercially available 50 BMG pistol. Back in 2004, I think it was Triple Action LLC. They created the Thunder 50 BMG, but it, only a couple were made and it was never sold. The ULR 50, though, you can order from Noreen's website and starting price is 1500 which is actually really reasonable for a gun that's chambered in 50 BMG. Like I would imagine, I mean, you would just think that it would be expensive, right? Um, mm-hmm. They also say that the ULR 50 is definitely not going to break your wrist thanks to its highly effective muzzle break. They put out a, a video. I've yet to watch the video, but as soon as I read this, I'm like, okay, shooting it has got to be like sort of painful. Apparently, when you shoot it, so there's 13,000 foot pounds of pressure. And it's not like, even though I say it's a pistol, it's not necessarily, you know, like your typical handgun. The pistol actually weighs 16.5 pounds and it has a 16.5 inch barrel. It's actually, it's not huge, but I guess it weighs that much because um, it's made with like really thick steel. And like I said, it can withstand that 13,000 foot pounds of pressure. It also includes your standard AR grip and forward grip for user control. The forward grip's okay to use since it has the 16.5 inch barrel, which also means that you can potentially add a stock without needing to SBR it. They come with an adjustable Timney trigger and a Picatinny rail for optics and on the forend to mount the grip or bipod. You can get them in black or camo and the pistols will be made in limited numbers. But yeah, I definitely want to, after I'm done with the show, I'm going to head on over to Noreen Firearms Instagram and 
watch the video because apparently, according to my editor, it doesn't have that much recoil. But I'm like, that's so hard to believe because even when I've shot the Barrett 50 cal, it still had quite a bit of recoil. And I would imagine, I mean, it yeah, has I don't see how it can't not have recoil. Yeah, because it's just such a that's powerful a lot of caliber. energy. I mean, the caliber itself is like the size of my hand. Like from, you know, it is. from the cartridge to the bullet, like the, from tip to tip, I mean, it, it's pretty much close to the size of my hand. But I just can't imagine it Yeah, I bet it it's all not. six, eight inches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to. I don't know about you, but I think it's the most viable uh, concealment I mean, pistol on the market. Dude, I mean, if there's a zombie outbreak or like, you know, dinosaurs come back, I mean, I don't see why you shouldn't have one of these. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> but okay, I, oh, I, I got there. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I don't think I'm alone though when I'm like, uh, but I mean, it's not really practical, but I totally want one. Oh, for sure. Like, why would yeah, you want one? There's a huge coolness factor. Yeah. And then the price point is like $1,500 for that. Like, okay. When, you know, your Barrett 50 cal is like at least 10,000 up. Yep. I don't it, know. That price isn't, isn't too offensive when you consider like it's not it's not just a magnum action the action size is is even a, like an order of magnitude larger than a magnum action it's the 50 cal sized action and they're usually quite expensive because they're produced in low volume so the price point is actually not bad yeah that's a good point it's cool yeah well, so. do you think anybody will make a holster for it i guess is the biggest question uh i mean i know a few people that could probably pull it off like sake holsters or something yeah i think, I, think that, I mean kind of cool like the but you have to have like a crazy pattern on your holster. I mean, if you're going to do this, you got to go big, you know, like just something just bam in your face. Pattern like multicam or something. You know, no, dude, that. like I would do neon colors. Oh, sure. Why not? You know, turn heads. Yeah. <laughs> Break the internet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I do want to shoot one on a, on a personal, like I, I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty exciting to shoot one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely shoot one as well, but. I just, I think I would still be like anticipating all that recoil. Like, all right, brace yourself, you know, as you're about to squeeze that trigger. <laughs> yep. All right. So moving forward, Caldwell. If you're wanting to shoot long range, one of the things that you definitely need to know is your muzzle velocity. Caldwell has several different chronographs to measure your muzzle velocity accurately. They have several versions, starting with like the Ballistic Precision Chronograph, which is only $114, which has a plus or minus of like 0.25% accuracy and can connect to your smartphone with a cable to collect all your data. The premium version includes a tripod, carry bag, and power accessories for $169 total. Then the Ballistic Precision G2 Chronograph is even better. It's inverted to be more immune to bright light distortion and comes with a more robust tripod and it's factory calibrated to ensure that 0.25% accuracy um, is legit. Check these out, caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment, I'm sure you probably have seen the picture that Elon Musk posted where the gun's on his nightstand. I did. Okay. I, did. I was like, if yeah, you didn't, you're, you're living under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So go ahead. 
I can say I, I really I, I didn't catch the original you know tweet or whatever, but I caught just the memes and the aftermath, and it's it's kind of exploding into mm-hmm. uh, you know a sea of dysfunction, which is always you know pretty fun to watch. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I'm still not active on Twitter. I don't have a Twitter account. I'm still thinking like, eh, maybe I will create one now with everything going on. So I didn't see it firsthand, but I did see you know everybody reposting it. If you haven't seen it, so this week, Elon Musk took trolling to a new level. He posted a picture with the caption, my bedside table. The bedside table includes a book, table lamp, four empty cans of Diet Coke, a bottle of water, and two items that sent gun control activists into a fury. Anyone who knows firearms knows that they're not real guns, though. One is a futuristic looking revolver, which is so obvious that it's not real, that it's ridiculous to anyone who believes that it's real. The other is a non-firing replica flintlock in a George Washington commemorative box. All these gun activists who, you know, they all said they were going to leave Twitter once Elon took it over. Even in spite of that, obviously, they're still on Twitter. They immediately attacked Musk for his irresponsible firearms practices. The Brady campaign president responded with, Quote, it is disturbing to see Elon Musk using his platform to model irresponsible firing practices. Eight kids a day are unintentionally injured or killed with an improperly stored firearm. As a parent, you should focus on sharing a safe firearm storage method. David Rothschild said, anyone who glorifies leaving unsecured guns around the house is part of a uniquely American problem that kills 100 plus people per day and is the leading cause of death of children. In spite of many people stating the obvious, the guns weren't real. The gun control activists continued their barrage. Elon responded back with tweets of his own. It said, there is no excuse for my lack of coasters. And later, greetings, I'm Musket, Elon Musket. Basically, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because Elon, I'm pretty sure he's not... I think he mentioned he doesn't own guns, but he is like a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. And he was quoted saying, I think this is back in May. He said, I strongly believe that the right to bear arms is an important safeguard against potential tyranny of government. Historically, maintaining their power over the people is why those in power did not allow public ownership of guns, which is exactly the Second Amendment, like why it was made. At least he supports that. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I didn't get overly excited about his post like a lot of people did. And like, even though the gun, they were fake or, you know, wouldn't fire. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm most impressed with his his second reply uh, or or his, you know, remark about the coasters kind of dismissing, you know, acknowledging all the, you know, the anti-gun Mm-hmm. activism that just instantly pops up, you know, when anything even remotely related to firearms, you know, uh, yeah. is anywhere or tweeted or whatever. He definitely has but, like know, the, kind of a, he doesn't like, he has that like no F's given attitude. And I love that. For sure. You know, for sure. I mean, it's just such a, a witty, brilliant retort too. I, I mm-hmm. was really impressed with that. But as a firearms know. instructor, I'm not a fan of like, you know, I hope people know that like, if you do have a nightstand gun, like it should have some level of concealment, but I'm sure, you know, again, he was just posting this to make fun, like to, you know, create an uproar, which it did. Burn the pot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of him. Like he seems to be, like you said, he's very witty and entertaining. 
And I am kind of interested to see how it goes with Twitter, because I know every now and then I'll tune into Reddit to see which, gosh, if you want to just nothing like eye roll. I mean, Reddit's like all these people that complain about guns and stuff like that for the most part. I can imagine. But, you know, they're all complaining about Twitter and there's so many people out there that are saying like Twitter's just going to go to crap now that he took it over. But I don't think it is. I mean, Elon has had a lot of success, you know, in his life, and I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I would agree. He's got a track record. You know, I think he's got a lot of uh, success under his belt and he doesn't know what the taste of failure even, you know, feels like from a business standpoint. Or if he he does, he probably learned from it. You know, yep, for sure. Because I think what people he don't realize. Like Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, he, he seems like he's, he's rather agnostic in, um, about guns, like the actual mechanical device. But in principle, he's very mm-hmm. focused on civil liberties and civil rights and doesn't see the Second Amendment as any different from the first or mm-hmm. any other, which is really, you know, pretty refreshing. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, today's review. So we only had one review, but this is actually a really nice review. This made my day. So after I read this, this actually kind of made me feel like, okay, there's still some light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) That's person named Big Dipper 49 titled Best Podcast Ever, five stars. Me and my wife have been around guns our whole life and never really got into them until recently we took a road trip from Utah to Alaska, dang, and listened to this podcast for 60 hours straight. Great podcast, very informative, and awesome guests. We will be getting our first pistols this week and are loving every bit of getting into the world of guns. Can't wait to see where it takes us and where this podcast grows. Keep up the awesome work. Isn't that great? I feel like I'm it's doing work. like God's work out here, you know? That's very flattering. I deserve it. <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, it's nice to see more people, you know, get into guns. And and that was kind of like even like the women's seminar. There was actually a lot of people that were just starting to get into guns or had never touched a gun before, where as I thought, like it would be more people that, you know, were, you know, a little bit more advanced in their firearms journey. But there was a lot of beginners that came and it was just kind of nice and I don't know. It's nice to like get more people on the gun side and realize the importance of having a gun and being able to protect yourself. Like, you know, politics aside, it's just nice to be able to sleep well at night knowing that you can protect yourself if somebody breaks in or somebody attacks you or something like that. But yeah, Good for con- you. Congrats, Big Dipper 49. You and your wife, I'm thrilled to hear this and definitely contact me because I'm going to send out a prize pack to you guys. And now it's time to wrap up. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. Consider becoming a Patreon just to support the show. You get access to our Patreon only Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. People definitely find out a lot more about my life, I guess, in that group. And then also Blown Deadline, he's giving away a gift certificate every month to a lucky patron. But on top of that, yesterday he messaged me and he was like, hey, can I have a vector file of your logo? And I'm like, I just woke up and I was just like, I don't know. I think it's somewhere. I don't know. And he's like, don't get too excited. It's just a small Christmas gift. Nothing crazy. And I was just like, OK, send him the the file. And then like later on in the day, he sends me a picture of a lower with my logo, my AF logo on it. And he's like, all right, so I'm kind of ruining the surprise, but like, would you want an SBR or a regular rifle? Long story short, he's putting me together an SBR and it has like my AF logo on everything. And then I don't know what he's going to do for a paint job. 
he's going to surprise me, but I'm sure whatever he does, because I've not seen any crappy work from him, like everything that he does, I'm like, oh, I'd want that. I want that too. I want that. You know, I'm really excited to see it. But there was some people that actually reached out and they asked if those lowers were for sale with my logo on it. And so he put it on his website and they are available. So if you guys are interested, just head on over to Blown Deadline and then search for the AF logo lower and they're going for a hundred dollars 99 dollars which isn't bad and it'll be just painted black so you guys can do whatever you want and it'll match whatever you put it on and then also want to thank the 25 dollar patreons who are corbin bonafide iraq veteran 8888 sake holsters justin paulson jason anderson daniel treadwell keith Callamore, daniel lee nick theodosian tristan smith and melissa writings and then king of the patreon john snow and Adam, thanks again for joining me and letting us know about JP Rifles. Can you remind listeners once again where they can find you, you know, what your website is and social media? Sure. It's uh, jprifles.com. And then if you look on Facebook or Instagram under JP Rifles, you'll most likely find us. So thanks you for having me on. Of course. All right, guys, I will see you next week and really excited. Looking forward to telling you about my trip to Smith & Wesson. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs>